Okay, welcome back to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week, our sponsor is odarena.com. With over 40 factions, 90 spells, 28 advancements, and 18 resources, possibilities are almost endless. Some are even good. On to the show. Murph, are you ready? You bet. This is going to be a season ender, right? So it's going to be tons of fun. Lots to talk about, that's for sure. Firstly, I just want to congratulate you on your win, right? That took a lot of effort, a lot of teamwork. Nice job. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we'll definitely have a little bit of time to talk about it. I did want to say that I have now put up the round story on the wiki, so if anyone would like to read it, um, please feel free. I, I can only give a limited story because I was quite small for most of the round. Um but hopefully I managed to kind of account for all the, the major pieces. Okay, so before we begin, I just wanted to start by saying that, Murph, you're usually pretty good at gleaming information about locations. So I'm wondering or, or guessing that you weren't too surprised to find out that it was my pack in Realm 6, even if you didn't quite know who was playing what account. Is, is that fair? I would say that's spot on. I've got little birds everywhere, my friend, and... Why do you think I said, I think, in one of our very first episodes, right? I was hinting, I was trying to get you to admit where you were by saying, you know, I think Realm 6 has the best chance, but you didn't even take the bait at all. Well, you know what I did is I, I ended up trying to deflect from that by pointing the finger at other people, um, because I was very confident at the time, but I at least, at pretty much any point in the round, I had at least a 25% chance of winning. So I just really didn't want to suggest anything about me feeling good about that chance so that's why i kind of was thinking about other potential threats and they were potential threats as well like i was being genuine when i said it but i didn't want to say much or anything about my own realm um at any point right which can be a dead giveaway too right well yeah so now next time i'm gonna to have to change it up so next time i'll probably be talking up my realm the whole time <laughs> So you want to get your story started? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so it's interesting that now that I've kind of written up the story um, already on the wiki, I kind of put out a lot of the information um, that I think people would be interested in. Um, ultimately, what, what we kind of did as our as our group, as our pack, is we we kind of we took a round off from each other last round, um, which ended up being a complete disaster for me because it was just explorers and converters and, and nothing else. I think I was the last kind of early attacker to kind of stay in the picture. And that's because I went more efficient as a, as a Sylvan, but I was a completely overrun by them. So this round, despite all the changes to make attacking easier and fast attacking viable again, we were already kind of leaning to go slower, more efficient. Um, Gothi had won round 24 doing the same strategy. And, and we found that if you have... If you have one person going really slow and efficient, they almost have to fend for themselves. Whereas if you have kind of three or four people doing it, you really get to help each other out. So we were, you can kind of look out for each other for in terms of um, platinum targets for, for steel and platinum. But then also you find any kind of target in range, you check them out. And even if you're not in position to, to send on an attack, you can kind of feed them to your, your teammates. And that's what really worked well for us two rounds ago. And that's what really worked well for us this round as well. So we were constantly helping each other out in that way. 
and we were just constantly growing. So that's really what really kind of gave us the edge. And we find that if there's a lot of efficient attackers out, ultimately you need to be ahead of them. So our race is not um, to kind of catch up to kind of the fast attackers. Our race is to kind of be ahead of the other slow attackers. And that was our kind of game plan going in. And we kind of kept ahead of most of them throughout. And then once you get the momentum going, you've just kind of got the lead and you're not likely to give it up. Yeah, it's pretty start, It's pretty hard to stop a train when it's on the tracks, right? Exactly. And, and I constantly kind of check what other people's income is to see if you're either gaining on them or kind of losing speed to them. If you're ahead of the other techers, then they're just not going to catch you up. You know, you just kind of gradually just build up that build up, build up that lead. Even if they're a slightly better race from you or they're slightly more efficient, there's just not enough time left in the round for them to kind of catch you and, and overtake you. And, and that's something I learned from um, a guy in our realm. This round was Mandos. When he played a super efficient Dark Elf, I played a slightly um, less efficient Dark Elf. And once he kind of got on level terms with me, that was it. He was gone. So I kind of start to mirror our slow strategies based on what he did in that round. So, so I think a lot of people want to know: was was there any kind of like internal uh, conversations that never got shared in the story that you might find other people would would have interest in? Yeah. So I guess we. Um... What's interesting is we we always have the Discord channel for our realm, um, but then we always have a separate pack channel as well, just because we know that we talk so much in it. Um, we don't want to completely just dominate the conversation and have people like mute us essentially. So we've been doing that for the last kind of ten rounds or or however long we've been together. But then within that as well, we'll also kind of have um, private message groups going like one to one with each other as well. So quite often I'll speak to uh, Omen, especially about kind of like build strategy or what kind of military troops to, to train, things like that. We'll, we'll really get into the numbers there. And then I'll often speak with Gothier about just kind of where we see our positioning and essentially which one of us is going to back up the other one. Um, because generally in the kind of random dynamics there are, there's not much room now. I don't think there's going to be room for kind of like a tied round anymore. You kind of essentially have to at some point pick who you're going to really kind of like try to propel to the front. And we had that conversation very, very early with he was getting swarmed and earthquake right from the start for like three weeks straight. He was getting that. And I was slightly behind in land, but never really behind in, um, in military compared to him. So the two of us knew I had the better position than than him very, very early on. And so as soon as it started to look as though I was our best chance, we were just kind of preparing for an opportunity for him to either suicide with top threat or just what ended up happening, keeping somebody else in check to kind of give me a chance like one-on-one against them. So that was, I think, probably the one thing that people may not have realized was going on. So everyone else probably saw this big troll coming along thinking he was the threat where we both secretly knew that I was the one and yet I was getting none of the attention. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just kind of playing, you know, two card Monty, right? Propelling the, the troll and everybody kind of saying, well, that's the most efficient race. That's most likely going to be the biggest threat. Whereas you're kind of just 
in the wake of that and let him take all the the black ops why but it wasn't like people could really do much to you with your high wizard breaker though either right and that was it i i protected myself um you know that nobody's going to be coming after me with wizard ops and i made sure my docs were always really good i was always something like 80 or 90 percent protected and if anyone ever did kind of catch me when that dropped down a little bit i could always just heavily invest in uh Castle improvements they're going to bridge that gap, and, and we had spies anyway from from stealing all the time. So um, really, I wasn't too worried about anyone kind of coming for me that way. Ultimately, all they could have done if they had really good spies was snare me, um, but that never really looked likely because I had better spies than most other attackers, and there wasn't any really big exploring realms that could try that either. So so I just did my little bit to stay protected and. And luckily, yeah, nobody really kind of came for me until it was a little bit too late. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have legitimately been able to do much in the way of spies against you, right? Because if you had, let's just ballpark it, like around a, a 1 SPA, right? Or even a little bit less than that, it's incredibly hard to keep someone snared with that high of an SPA. Exactly, yeah. And I just constantly kept them topped up. Um, so it never really dropped, probably below. By end round, it fell to 0.5, and that was after days and days of kind of like losing spires of growing land and, uh, and not retraining. So I don't think it ever really dropped below like 0.7 throughout most of the round. So I knew it would take a lot to kind of have people come for me in that way. And we were pretty good at keeping track of um, any potential threats. So like Realm 4, every so often we'd kind of just do a full scan of everyone's like barrack spy just to make sure that there weren't spies incoming. So you're just being a little bit of a nervous Nelly, right? We just didn't want any surprises happening. Um, and we could afford to kind of take the time to, to take a look every so often. So yeah, that, that was really it. We just, we just covered our bases. We've, we've been hit in past rounds by pretty much everything. So now we just don't want to make any silly mistakes um, that could cost us. And I guess another question a lot of people would have would be, you know, why did Oment choose Spirit? I mean, it was just, yeah, he had an okay test round. He beat me. But, I mean, I wasn't trying to win the test round. I was just trying to do a, a strategy with a fast race and just kind of see how it looked on paper, right? But, you know, for him to do Spirit and then it was nerfed before the round started, you know, looking at that, now that I know that he was the spirit, you know, it just kind of looks kind of weird to me that he would choose spirit, you know? Because, I mean, that was always going to be a tough road ahead. Yeah, so I guess it was, um, they were almost kind of like the the closest version to Dark Elf. And so we were thinking if things kind of got rolling for you and you get your techs in and you kind of get your improvements and maybe population running with that immortal offense, you can kind of play it the same way. And, you know, there's how many like winners that would play Dark Elf in the last kind of few rounds? It was like three or four. So I think that was kind of just covering that base, just in the case they did turn out to be um, similar in any way to that. Although I think he, he started out a little bit larger than us, and he wasn't going quite as heavy on Texas as us. So once we caught him, he was just too far behind. His, his population never got anywhere near as high as ours so um he, he kind of fell back and then he just decided to to release everything and just back us up with with spies and whiz 
Yeah, like my my vantage point for something like that would be, you know, if you're going to be playing from behind and teching, right, I think your focal point should be on an efficient defensive unit, right? And with Spirit only having a five, I mean, to me, that was always going to be impossible to do anything with, right? Well, yeah, but looking through, I think Faith played them as well, and he finished 15th with Spirit. So that wasn't really kind of too far off, you know, like a lot of the uh, the trolls. He's really only just behind them. So it was possible. Um, I think Omen probably just didn't go efficient enough, if anything, and he kind of possibly could have carried, carried on behind us or with us um, rather than going a little bit too large in land, not enough teching. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, we, we just tried it. We, we knew not all races would, would work out. We figured it was worth a shot, so I think that's where he, he kind of came from. And Big Bell, how did he like the human? Well, that was interesting. So before the round started, we've seen a, quite a few converting humans in the past few rounds, and they've always looked good for a while. And then something's just happened, like they've been attacked or they've kind of overtrained something, or they just never finished well. And that was something that Gothia said to him straight away, is that they just something always goes wrong. But he was looking better than even me for the most of the first half of the round. He was ahead of... All of us in uh, in population and in income, ahead of us all in land, he was looking really, really good until he sent out on a risky hit where the dwarf in four was in range of the seven like, so he couldn't send. But then what happened is the like took his daily bonus, and then that freed up the dwarf to just basically hit him and leave less defense in him. And that just completely derailed him. It, it kind of stopped him where he was. He then had to retrain. I caught him right after and then just passed him and just I never looked back. Um, and he just kind of almost limped into to a decent finish, but but not a great finish. So yeah, we're not really sure what kind of happened. Um, it should have been still pretty decent. Just um, that one hit kind of really kind of derailed his round. And, and he still came in solidly, just not as high as me. Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is the fact that your plat per point for the human is the most expensive out of any race, right? So when you're trying to go down the stretch, right, it's almost impossible for them to win because they're just paying such a, a higher premium for their offense compared to any other race, even a troll. Troll's paying less than the fucking human is, right? So that's pretty crazy. And that's it. And not just that, it's also a troll gets the, with their spell gets the, the regeneration, so fewer casualties. Yeah, so I, I like, do I think humans ever going to win as an attacker? No. It's just too expensive. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think we weren't too surprised that he kind of fell off at the end. I think we were pretty pleased with how he was going um, up to kind of the final third. Um, and then it just kind of fell away, like you say. I don't think he had enough population to, to really build up huge military. And then just the losses just really, really hurt with you, with your offensive unit being so expensive. So, so that was it for him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a long road for a human to get up there, you know. Yep. But again, you know, it's another solid finish for him. So he's he's been. Um, quietly just getting all these like 5k finishes these like top 25s each round so he's still playing really well like uh, independently he's, he's not made that final jump to the kind of like the top five or the win which uh 
we'd all love for him to get one round. And, and you think he's capable of of making that jump, right? Yeah, absolutely. We um, there was a round maybe probably like five rounds ago where he was our top um, top place person. Him and Gothia, they were they were a firewalker and a, a halfling together, and they just got on top of all the fast attackers when all of a sudden. Um, hugely tech people came along and just completely wiped the floor with us. Um, whereas that was his kind of his best round. It kind of really showed his credentials, and he's been like solid with us every round as well. So he's always there to help out. He's he's just as active as anyone. Um, so he's absolutely got the the capability. It's just not quite come together for him. So yeah, in in good time, I'm sure he'll pick a better race than human next round, hopefully, and give himself a better shot. And don't forget, it's taken me. 95 rounds to get a, a win by myself so he's got yeah, yeah we're talking years for you right years in the making we're talking decades now oh yeah i guess eh? all right so we're joined by Wurstmeyer, who for those that don't know he played the realm for orc origami paperclip paper flip sorry <laughs> Uh, and I just wanted to to bring him in because not only did he have a, a big finish, but his realm were right throughout the whole round big players in that. Um, so I don't know if you want to kind of say say what you thought from from your perspective, how the round went, how it was having a, a big group of players in your realm. Um, you're all quite decent size for the whole way through. So how do you think things went from from your side? Yes, thanks for having me in your podcast and. Congratulations on the win. We had a blast of a round um, yeah, this time. we I packed with J-Boy and Lamp and we took in Afghano as our f- fourth pick because we had a free spot. And, and when we went to the Ram Discord, we saw that we had a very active realm full of very cool and um, good persons, players. Uh, we had Dan and Sisla and Cyprus and Corson in our realm. And we pretty much were involved in all the major actions in the whole round from early game to, to late game. And yeah, Dan and J-Boy really put a lot of pressure in the, in the early game on, the, on our competition. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked all great with, uh, with all the different races that you had. Um, I was really... Kind of like intimidated just the fact that you had these guys all really close together it meant we really basically had to in our realm make sure that we were covered on spies and, and wizards just in case you did want to go for anyone um and it was just interesting that you kind of all kind of boxed up quite closely together so even your fast races they may have been on top for, for most of the round but then the slower races kind of squeezed up as well and then you just had this massive massive group of you all really, really similar in size that we had to account for essentially everybody within that group. Yeah, that, that must have been threatening for for the other Rams. We had um, at least one player always very close to top OP for the whole round, and and I think Dan and and J Boy really dominated the early game, and 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 this allowed me to to kind of take over in the mid game. To to challenge uh, Nate in round seven, and also we had uh, all the players just uh, 
played as a team. It was amazing. Um, there was never a question, never a doubt if um, someone would um, sacrifice his dominion in order for another player to to um, get closer to to first place. And it also allowed us having a, a realm full of um, strong attackers allowed us to um, grab the um, our wonder quite early, which was a, a very a great move for us because the uh, it allowed us to compete with seven. We knew that by by having our wonder, we would always have at least twenty four hours a warning in advance before they could really uh, black ops us down with fireballs or lightning bolts. And even if they would take our wonder, we knew we would uh, just need one wave um, of our realm attacking it back, and it would be ours again. So we felt very safe, and I think this uh, is the reason why we kept the, the wonder for the whole round, even if it was on very low HP. And also um, made no one really war our realm because it always meant there must there's some player in the range of the small players, one player in the range of the bigger players who could uh, profit from the war bonus and probably grow and, um, by getting declared ward on us. Did you guys uh, catch really any kind of black ops the entire round, like swarms or earthquakes or anything like that? No, and I was really, um, really confused about this because after a few weeks, I, I thought it was clear that I am becoming very, very strong. I was the second biggest orc, but I had much more efficiency than the biggest orc. I had a huge population getting very close to Piranha, and um, I caught really few ops on me and yeah really no one was swarming me or, or earthquaking me just nothing and yeah no idea why i must have flown under the radar somehow probably because we had so many strong attackers in our realm i was on fifth place or something and um <laughs> i guess most people didn't check <laughs> that far down the line just also having your your wonder means that people are going to be less likely to try to try to do the swarms anyway because they're, they're failing at least half the time. Um, so they're just basically going to they're going to lose troops or wizards from from trying. Um, and you're right, maybe they just didn't really kind of consider you to be that that line of like number one or number two threat in the game, um, even though you were kind of growing into that position. I, I did want to talk as well about the because your realm were involved in that basically all of the key moments in the game. So you guys had the the earlier hit exchange um, that involved um, Piranha in Realm 7, and then later on you were obviously involved in the, the hit exchanges again with, with the Seven Light Piranha and and myself. So what were your kind of perspectives on, on both sets of those um, big moments within the round? So um, the first hit exchange... I was with Piranha and, and Storyteller, and I, I think Murph's Realm was also involved in it. Um, yeah, it was the early game was intense. There, 
there was so much tension between uh, Realm 8, 7, and 11 and us. And, and Dan uh, made, saw that he could hit 7, um, even though it was a very risky send. So, but he decided to, to go for it. Which I, I don't know if it was a mistake or not. I think it you have to take risks in early game if you want to to run away with a fast race and it played out okay for us, I would say. I think we came out pretty even. It was no no big disadvantage we got from that. Of course Dan Dan's Dominion died um, a little bit later because he went heavy on mods. And probably getting hit didn't um, help in in uh, staying alive uh, any longer as well. Yeah, I think it's always uh, an uphill battle, right? When you're going that early with mods and specs, you know, if you take any kind of damage, right, you're not gonna really do well in the end game, you know. Exactly, and um, J Boy. Uh, try to stay competitive for longer by yeah playing the the same sim but going more on efficiency which uh, worked in a way he was still competitive in mid game and uh, really helped in keeping piranha down in in mid game after piranha made a, a small lead he just pushed salamanders for for days i think nearly a week until he made um, his next hit, and this really allowed us to um, to keep Piranha down. Okay, and and you know another part of the middle part of the round here was when my realm ward seven, right? And then I found it uh, kind of funny that <laughs> you guys declared war on them as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, we. Um, we really wanted to to um, war seven, but we knew that we could not do it alone, and we knew that we would probably eat some fireballs, even though we had our wonder. So, but we prepared for it. Our our guys, um, Cerberus and and Sisla and and Dan, everyone who didn't think he would make it to uh, to a top ten finished. They they pumped spies and, and wizards and got got ready to to sink Piranha and we really hoped that uh, either you, your realm or eleven would uh, join in and yeah you you just went a bit uh, earlier than us and then we decided okay now it's the time uh, hop on the train and try to sink him which um, yeah it kind of worked it forced him to to bottom feet I think which was a small win for us, but it didn't well went as well as we hoped it would. But it slowed him down, and this was, was what, what mattered. Yeah, and that's exactly it, right? And that's all I wanted to do, because in, in my position at that point of the round, right, I was just an explorer. So I unfortunately, I just went into his range with incomplete information, right? So I, I could have maintained more pressure on him if I had known what the numbers were for my defense. So I could have been safe, but I just went into range completely blind, unloaded on him, and then checked what defense I needed, right? So then I had to build a bunch of defense, but ultimately ended up being safe. But it was still fun, you know? Yeah, that sure was, was a scary moment. Um, 
but you, yeah, yeah, you survived. So at what point in the round did you see Realm 6 kind of coming up through the ranks and, and posing a threat to you guys in Realm 4? And what were your kind of plans to derail them? Yeah, it was crazy. You <laughs> you appeared on the town town crier every day, and um, when we checked you, you I think it was like four hundred something frost mages an hour. Uh, it was insane. It was insane, and we knew we could not beat you in endgame. It was um, if we don't act now, if we don't um, push out of the stalemate, uh, I would be second place definitely. Um, so that's when we decided to to make the move. To um, I we I saw that I'm I can barely hit you with my incoming troops, and then uh, we decided to go for it. We we did a lot of math, and we knew that probably Lamp could um, suicide hit Piranha if he goes after me. He could at least erase him and allow me to, to make a move. And also Sisla, the lizard fork in our realm, he could also make a race and allow me to, to hit Piranha if he goes after me. And you, you uh, Murph, you uh, told our thinking in the last podcast. We thought we have to move this. We have to make this move. If we succeed and and uh, threaten Nate in, in hitting us and he goes for a bottom feed or an easier target, then um, then I could run. Then I would, could um, probably outpush Piranha very fast, and I still have a bit of a lead on, on Rio's eye skin. And I think this would have allowed me to, to become first place. Sorry, did, did you know at the time that our troll, Garcia, could hit you if you went for me? He was actually poised yeah. for yourself or... Um, or Piranha, whichever one moved. Yeah, we 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 thought he could do it, but um, at that time we also saw that that the troll is also super dangerous, and um, if he decides to suicide us, that's okay. That's one player down. It's not like you you could um, defend it the the whole for the rest of the round. We would lose definitely if we um, defend the troll suicide. And that was it. I think for I don't think many people other than myself and Gothia really kind of put me above him. Uh, we we saw it quite early on that I was just able to train so much quicker than him. So very very early on, maybe even kind of day fifteen, day twenty, we kind of planned for me to push for the win, and then he was just going to get as large as he could, and then threaten. A suicide on um, on whoever was kind of in position to take me down. So at that point, he was set, ready to go for whichever suicide was going to place me best or hold people back. And that's kind of what happened. So when you attacked me, it was a couple of hours before we thought you would, because he was actually in a better position at that point to suicide you. But then we thought, okay, well now maybe Piranha will make a move and he won't have to touch anybody. Um, and so we just sat and just waited just to see what happened until the next day. Yeah, I think it was a great play. We decided to go for the earlier hit because we, we knew you would anticipate that we uh, hit two hours later. 
um, when I had um, DP incoming and I would n have needed to hit um, end of hour and it was quite close. I think 1K or 2K uh, DP difference. So you probably could have made me bounce. At least that's uh, with the intel we had uh, by releasing all your spies and by pumping into walls. So um, we decided to go a bit earlier. And yeah, I, I was surprised that your troll hit me. I think it was a, a, a probably a good move. I don't know if it was necessary, if you ha could have delayed um, the hit on me. But um, yeah, it's, it truly uh, fortified your position to, to win. And that was it. I think the, the part of the reason we decided to go for it is that I could also put a hit on your lizard at the same time. So if with hit, the troll hitting you, me hitting your lizard, we could essentially become the same size. And then I knew in a, a straight race I'd be able to win that one. It was more the big problem for us was that the other orc in round three and then the nox in round 12 also kind of got in on the action as well, which then opened up for, for all of us. Yeah, but I still think that it was clear that you would get the most out of it. If Piranha went for the for the hit on me, it was clear your realm would be the big winner. And that was okay for us. I mean, it was our only chance to uh, to win, and uh, we had to make the move. And the outcome now is the same. We knew if we don't make the move, I will become second place. If um, at best, and now uh, we managed to to become second place, so it's it's okay. Do do you regret not uh, hitting at the beginning of the last day, just to get some land in there and put some pressure on on Rio to try to go for that first place? Uh, um, no, I I knew I was out. He was there was also the Nox in twelve AJ coming up and. Um, the the orc and and three uh, and me we started pumping specs way earlier than the two of them, and as Ryu um, said in the Dominion chat, we pumped specs, but he was uh, pumping the same numbers by just going full elites. So I knew I was I would never compete with uh, with Ryu. Only if some yeah, shenanigans happen, someone suicides, and I can make a make a nice hit. And also, I fucked up and at the at the very last days by accidentally joining the guard again, and my, I could only leave the the guard eleven hour before round end. So I knew I would never be able to make a bottom feed because I can't leave guard. So I just pushed OP the last two days and hoped that if someone uh, hits, I can maybe make a last 75% uh, hit and keeping me at second place. But I never thought I would compete uh, with Ryu for first place. And that was it, really. I think in the, the last day, so I was pretty much held down by the knocks and then it really kind of gave me no incentive the only way that i would move reason i would move is if one of you or the other orc um sent first and with enough land to come in to overtake me with which seems quite unlikely and 
Um, so I was just happy to sit. Um, if I think if you'd have sent out and the Nox had attacked you, then I could also have attacked you as well and still won. Um, the only real danger would be if, if one of you guys sent out the Nox attacked you, then the Gnome got in next, then I wouldn't have been able to. So I was just quite happy to just kind of sit on what I had and just wait to see if any action happened and kind of hoped that Invasion would be disabled early enough. Um, but nothing did happen. So I was quite happy with how it all kind of ended at the point. Yeah, and I hoped you would um, just sit there. I, we also figured it, it's the best move for you to just wait. And of course, it would be very unlucky for, for you if the Nox made a big hit and and somehow then the invasion gets disabled and he might get first place. But this was very unlikely. So I just hoped you would sit there and and um, yeah force the cellmate and I could keep my second place. So do you have any uh, lasting regrets on moves you didn't end up making this round? Yeah, really. Um, the, the, the situation I mentioned before when I pushed specs after making the, the hit on the spirit that I couldn't um, make a, make a follow-up hit. He, the spirit then out-pumped me, out-pushed, out-trained me, and I, I was uh, forced to sit on, on a 2K savage pump um, at day 35 and had no use for those troops. This was a mistake. And everything else was, was fine, I guess, yeah. Um, it was a bit unlucky that Lamb couldn't hit Piranha when, when he went for the, for the hit on me. But, uh, but Realm 7 really defended very well. They killed his drafties, he invested in his walls, and <laughs> when Lamb tried to um, put his um, highest 5-4 in the, in, the in the invasion screen, it was already um, obsolete. And then he had to invest into Forge again and release some more drafties. And by the time he um, put his data into the invasion screen again, it was already obsolete again. And um, so Piranha managed to, to defend the, um, the suicide from him. And this forced us into the race of our lizard folk but um yeah this happens it was a good defense on his part well what were they doing to lamb they were killing his drafties mostly and and piranha was uh, heavily investing and also releasing spies and and wizards and uh, this yeah made it made us short for 500 or maybe 1k of offensive points we missed to make a suicide and then we decided, okay, it's not worth it. We um, uh, we use a lamp as a cover to, or maybe he can make a big hit on someone, and non-suicidal. Um, and Sisler made the the race for for us, yes. And that effectively killed him, right? Doing that, Sisler. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a full suicide. Yeah, with that one, it was uh, it was a case of because he suicided at the same time as um, as Gothia did for for us, um, and the difference in defense was huge just between those two. It was something like I think uh, Sizzler had like two hundred and fifty thousand, and then Gothia had like two hundred ninety thousand, something like that. Even though they were the same size, so Gothia was a big suicide but Sizzler's was even even bigger which is why he got completely wiped out and Gothier at that point only got hit um, 
two than three times? Yeah, we were thinking about it, but um, actually, I don't think we ever got close to a, to a race. Um, maybe maybe for a short moment, but but you didn't send at that time. So you, uh, Lamb's economy was our dwarf was uh, pretty much down in the end game. He, I think he went to ninety um, percent military for the last days. He was just. Um, yeah, rezoning into Griffiness and and GTs for the last days because he had no draftees left to train, um, and and Carson as well. We we thought about it. He, he might push um, all spec OP for the rest of the game, and then he would get close to to hitting you or or at least raising you. But um, I think you've been uh, too far ahead by that point. I think it was great. I mean, um, most. I mean, I made a I made a risky hit because I knew even if I get hit or I got even doubled, um, I just I will have a yeah. It's not that bad. And and you made a hit knowing you could get hit probably. Then in the early game made a hit knowing he could get hit back. Um, I think it's good. It still sets you back, but it doesn't feel um, as as you would die afterwards. You can recover and you exactly, can still yeah. play. It doesn't end your round. It's, uh, yeah, it doesn't end your round and you feel as though... like Nobody goes into that. Nobody makes those decisions thinking, I hope I get hit because it will benefit me. You go and thinking, I hope I get away with it. If I do get hit, just the once, maybe maybe twice, it's still possibly worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm not sure about um, if the if the higher land gain on invasion, if this doesn't favor efficient races more than we than we think, because what we saw last round was that the um, the fast races were kept very very low and. I thought, okay, this means attackers are going to win. Attackers um, will overtake the fast um, attackers very fast, and then they can um, outplay them very early. But to what it really led was that converters and explorers really got ahead. And this round, fast attackers were huge. We saw many huge fast attackers on 5K, 6K acres. And, but this also allowed for the f- efficient races to grow larger in size with techs and with uh, improvements. For example, for your ice skin, it allowed him to get huge population, which allowed you to really put a lot of DP, um, easily train all your archmages, and then just roll over the fast attackers who um, are stuck at 6k, 7k, 8k in the end game and have no targets left. Yeah, that was it. I, I think there's always going to be a case of efficient races, especially if you can get so many techs and have prestige and have improvements. There's not a whole lot you can do to kind of stop them moving up through the ranks. Um, I was surprised myself. You brought it up earlier how how often I was able to make attacks. I, I ended up going back through my numbers and until my last attack was on I think day um, day 47. Before that, I never had more than 72 hours between between hits. I just kept on moving consistently through. 
Um, I think it was partly because I was able to get all those those three things, the text, the improvements, and the prestige. Um, but I also think it was partly because ice skin are just so cheap that you can just keep on rolling. And it was the same for me. I I was just uh, staying uh, outside of the top OP range for the, the first half of the game. And it, it felt a bit unfair that every time they... They managed to make a hit, sometimes snaring someone or finding an Aris um, off target. So really putting a lot of effort into making another hit. I just cut. I just uh, I could just choose an uh, one bot player in my range and 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 hit him. It felt a bit too easy hitting bots. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I I was desperately trying not to hit bots um, if, if I could help it because the I wanted to get as much. Prestige as I could, um, and then there was a certain point where early in the round, bots were very, very easy to hit, and then later on, um, they seemed to be just the same defenses as other people. So I was actually targeting kind of the attackers that were were giving up, um, and I just found it easier just to kind of target those instead. Exactly, it was the same for me, but for the first um, fifteen, maybe twenty days. Bots were so much easier, and um, the prestige penalty on hitting multiple bots wasn't really that much. I mean, maybe I lost 20 or 30 prestige, uh, which is not much uh, for for endgame. And then day 20, day 25, or a bit later, when the fast attackers and all those spirits um, going full mods, when they die down, then you can make easy hits on, on human players as well. But I think for the early game, the, the bot DP is a bit too easy. Yeah, it definitely seemed to be that, that way for us. I, I ended up losing a lot more prestige because I, I went to the, um, to the the very bottom tier of it, making just 50% gains in the end. But we definitely found they were just... Well, I mean, at our size anyway, they're just the, the only targets really available. Um, but they were definitely... A significantly lower defense than than anyone else around, so um, we definitely found those to be quite easy. One question that I uh, did have as well was the towards the end of my final hit. Were you guys all aware that I was um, targeting your dwarf lamb all in? Because we were looking to to make that hit, and we checked him for for Ares a few hours before I was due to hit, and it was off. Whereas we were intending to snags, we knew that he was at maximum draft rate and had no spies whatsoever. So we were going to snare him. But the fact that he had uh, no Ars call, we decided we'd leave it a few hours first, check again a little while later, and then make a decision. Was that something that you were aware of? <laughs> I think we got uh, very, very lucky with that one. Um, I remember that day when I checked lamp and he asked me if he should because he went to to 90 percent draft rate and he asked me if he should rezone his um all mines to griffin nests and i checked his dom and i saw he's very easily hittable by you he even had errors call off and then i told him lamp don't make gn make gt and, and fucking cast errors call so i think we were just lucky we knew. Oh, I saw that he could be hit, um, and I guess yeah, lucky timing for us because I didn't realize how close you you would be hitting him actually. 
Yeah, and again, I think at the time when we first checked, it was only a case that your your knocks could possibly raise me for you to to hit back because I would have had to use frost mages initially. Um, but then when we checked again, we decided, okay, let's just look around and see if there's anyone else available. Then saw a dark elf who didn't have his Ahura's call on, and I didn't fail any ups on him because of my whiz. So I just hit him instead. Knew that none of the other guys could make a hit as well, and and that kind of put me into the lead properly i think it forced all of you to to bottom feed just to kind of keep acres coming in yeah but by that time um i think you would have made it anyway yeah i think at that point i I was definitely probably the the number one contender um it was just a a matter of time or, or when we could all attack again well congrats on second place and you know what nice job with the team the teamwork and the team dynamics, how it all shake, shook out because, you know, like we said in the intro, right, you guys were there from start to finish and you so rarely see that with rounds. Thanks, man. Okay. I think that's all we've got time for. Thank you so, so much for, for coming on and joining us. Uh, it was great to have you uh, on, on the show just to talk about everything from your perspective, from what your realm was up to the whole way through. It's great to kind of see. It really was great to see that your realm really stuck through right from the beginning, right to the end. Uh, I don't think you really made too many bad decisions at all. I would have liked for you not to have attacked me, but I can understand why you did. And uh, ultimately, um, I, I think you really deserved that kind of that that second place, that that top five finish. And it's nice to see when I when I ran my ranks again that you're now uh, a top ten, where I, I think you really deserve because you've had a quite a few good rounds now. So. So well done. It's great to see uh, a big finish from you as well. A really well played round. Thank you, Ryu. And uh, thanks a lot for having me on the podcast.